Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. So, I'm confused on something. So... Do you have an espresso maker in the locker room or just an espresso or just an espresso machine? An espresso machine. And is that because you like that coffee better or the ease of having the little cup makes it better than trying to grind your own bean and really getting a good shot in the locker room? So for a locker room is definitely the easiest way to have a good coffee. Um, definitely like the best um, like you know small solution uh, of having something. Uh, rather than going and picking, you know, picking up your own beans and stuff like that, then you know it's like um, it's always the same. You know, it's uh, you, you get the pods that you like the best, and then uh, you know you're not going to be disappointed. So, so do you share? Also, yeah, of course. Oh, That's what I do. You know, it's all about social. Okay, I coffee is about sharing and uh, uh, having friends, drinking it together, and so. Uh, it's cool because that machine is also portable, and I got a little bag for it, and I can take it on the road. I travel with the Aeropress. Have you ever seen the Aeropress? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I travel with my own AeroPress because okay. I want my own beans and make cool. my own coffee on the road. So hypothetically, if the play-by-play announcer of a team, I mean just hypothetically, uh-huh. <laughs> um, were to bring his own pods, yeah. would he be able to use the Nespresso maker? You can't even ask me for some pods. Yeah, but then I'm indebted. I don't like being indebted. Yeah, sure. You want to be indebted, but, you know, I would just go to your place and then get some too. <laughs> you know? What's a pod? Those little... <laughs> You know what that. Okay. All right. Yeah, I have a feeling that I have yeah. our feeling that our fans would like and to talk basketball, <laughs> not coffee with you. Okay, can do that. All right. The other day, we're here, open gym, and you're sitting down in that corner. I think it was Dante. I don't remember who the two other guys are. You're holding court. Yeah. You're, what are you talking to them about? Do you remember? Was it basketball? Was it life? Like you have. This is a group where nobody's been older than 27 years old until this year on this team. You you bring a level that just hasn't been here before so do you when those conversations is it basketball what, what what's boris diaz sharing yeah i'll talk to them about the old days you know <laughs> and, and obviously the old days was the best always um no but we talk about a little bit about everything um but definitely you know it's good to be in that group um a lot of young guys talented uh hungry and and ready to play so i'm, I'm you know i'm really glad to be here the thing that I recall about you, I don't know if this is still true. This is actually my notes. When you came to the NBA, you were a 6'7 point guard out of France, right? No, I was 6'8. Okay, but you were a 6'8 <laughs> point guard, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the big thing was that there was this big, tall, like almost magic, magic Johnson, Johnson type, yeah. big point guard. Like, like now you're playing center. I wasn't drafted as a point guard. Uh, I was like a 2'3". Uh, slasher. That's that. That was like pretty much what I got uh, drafted as. Uh, and then in the team that I played, sometime I would pretty much you know plug in wherever you need me. Uh, so I was drafted as a versatile guy that could do different things on a court. And so uh, when I was in Atlanta, they needed you know some playing at the point guard, and so I did you know, for a few games uh, play point guard. I was doing my Boris Di research. This is my favorite note. There's only been two years in his entire career where his team was negative when he was on the floor. Really? 
So what is it that you do on the game that makes your team better? Um, like I said, um, just try to, to help in every area I can. Um, and so depending on the team and profile of the team, and, I, and that's why I think uh, um, sometimes coaches like me because they can use me in so many different ways. Um, if they need rebounding and defense and that's it, I can do that. <laughs> if they need some scoring, if they need some passing, um, so I, I, I just try to bring whatever the, the profile of the team needs and what I'm asked by the coach. You've seen the Jazz play now. Where do you think this team can use you the best? Well, we're going to see a little more. You know, it's, it's really when we're going to get to training camp and and, uh, and get in depth with what um, coach wants, uh, and that's when we're really going to discuss it. Uh, but that, I think a little bit of everything. Uh, that that team is already talented. Uh, it's been a defensive team, uh, really grinding. And, and so um, I think bringing a little bit of everything is, is going to be good for the team. And coffee. And bring some coffee. When you're as good as you've been in your career and a team basically moves you so they can acquire another player, is it a little burn in your saddle? I understand that. You know, I understand really, really early in my career, um, you know, the, the, that part of, um, of business and of managing. Um, you know, you can't be mad at anybody if whatever they do, either, you know, a coach that doesn't play you, for example, or a general manager that moves you, the only thing he's trying to do is win and get better, you know, and so he's got to put the team first. And so you got to understand that uh, there is no uh, being mad at somebody for, for doing something, even if you sometimes, um, you know, don't agree with it because a lot of players and, and we all like that when you, you know, you, Nobody plays enough minutes, for example. You're like, oh, I should be on the court more and, and stuff. And so, but just keep in mind that they just try to win the game. Uh, it's, not, it's nothing personal. And, and so um, we get that you know, really early. And it, it, when you say in France that you can be traded, like off-season, you know, it's even different. But even during the season, you can be traded any time and you don't have nothing to say. And uh, it, people don't understand in France they're like what so you don't have to agree to be traded and move like they don't even understand that concept and we tell them yeah you know it's it's the way it is um, but we know the rules when we come to the NBA we know the rules and we know it's like this so you you can you know feel surprised you know what they say the French tell you to do is just go on strike (laughs) that's exactly what I was going to say if we do something like that we're going to strike right away (laughs) particularly the rail system right yeah but at the same time uh, I, it's it's weird because it's like that for some things, but at the same time, our union is is way bigger and stronger here than um, than in France, for example. Soccer is their main sport, uh, but their union doesn't you know let them have the power of the players should have. All the owners make most of the money in soccer, yeah. uh, where here you know there is some balance with the union and the players. Um, so yeah, for some things, it's 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 balanced, but for others, it's not. Do you think that you have a role with Rudy that's different because of you guys have known each other for a while, because you've played on the national team? Is there something that you can bring for Rudy? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, I, I know him, saw him grow um, when he was this, this young player. Uh, we play in the same high school, uh, 10 years difference. <laughs> uh, but we come from the same place, you know. Uh, and, and so we definitely understand each other on that level. Um, and then I think I can, you know, bring him some stuff offensively and, um, you know, play with him and give him some baskets around um, around the court. And so, yeah, I think I can. We're excited to have you. There's great excited energy too. around here. I hope you're enjoying it. I'm loving it.
Boris Dia, thank you very much. Jeff, Jeff with the travel um, agency will be <laughs> taking over. This, this is the best traveler. Listen to this. Where did you go this summer, Jeff? Uh, where did I go? I went to uh, Bora Bora. Uh, I went all over the place here in the U.S. I went to uh, Thailand. And I think that's it. That's it. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry. It was only like four months. <laughs> the summer before that, I went to more places. But this year was a little bit better. Is that the Ryan Anderson yeah. summer of summer yeah. journey? The summer was just me and my fiance going all over the place. And that's new. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So it sounds like you kicked Ryan Anderson to the curve, huh? Yeah. For his fiance. Yeah, I had to. I know. She she comes first. She's cuter than Ryan? Yeah, she's, she's better looking. <laughs> by a little. Not by a lot. <laughs> sarcasm. Never sure how sarcasm is going to come across. <laughs> Where are you? How do you feel about all this? You've been out here. You've been playing a ton. Every now and then had a young guy matched up on you, get, taking him to school a little bit in open gym. How do you feel about everything? I feel good. Um, I'm really excited for this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited for all the new guys on the team. Um, I think it's just going to be a great year. I think it's going to be one that, um, you know, looking back years from now, I'm going to remember this year just because I I feel like the potential of this team that we can go and uh, make the playoffs and hopefully do something else. So you're saying you haven't had this feeling going into a season before until now? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, You know, I just – Around the city, around, like, on the Internet, everything that's going on, it just sounds it, – it's making me more and more excited. Just, you know, uh, there's just a buzz around the team, and I feel like everybody in the locker room has this this energy about them that, you know, it makes me really excited. I went back and looked at our media day interview last year, and you actually were interested because you had only been with the team for a little while, but you were very quick to point out, like, this is a great group of guys. I yeah. feel more engaged in some ways with this group than I am. You were very close with, you know, some of the guys in New Orleans, obviously, yeah. but not to – but that you really – so is that still maintaining itself through this? Yeah, you know, uh, all the guys in the locker room are so so nice, and uh, they're all good guys, you know. Uh, a lot of them have families, so um, – you know, it's hard to get out and hang out with them outside of basketball. But, like, you know, for them, it's, you know, when they come to work, it's like, hey, I, I'm getting away from my family. I got to – this is my boy time. So I, I feel like that's how it is. And they get it. We all hang out in the locker room. We all, uh, you know, hang out when we're on the floor. And so, um, you know, it's just – it's a lot of fun. It's a good group of guys. Every time you played, you played well. You did not play as much as you probably would have liked to. What do you think the key to getting more time on the floor will be next this year? Um, I think coach has a better understanding of what type of player I am. Um, I think he has more confidence in me this year. Uh, you know, I wasn't guaranteed a contract last year. And so to even get playing time last year is, you know, a miracle in itself, I guess. And, um, so I feel like coach has, you know, an understanding of who I am, how I can fit into the team. Um, I've been working on corner threes. I think that will help just to spread the floor a little bit. Um, defense is off, obviously the most important thing, but, uh, you know, I'm just uh, – any way I can get on the floor, I'm going to try, you know, hustle, you name it. Thank you very much. It's been enjoyable to see you again hang out. Appreciate it very much. Thank Thanks. Have a good one. That's Jeff Withy. <laughs> Give a little background on Henry. Henry went to Georgetown. And then uh, since then, Henry's done a little bit of traveling uh, along the way. I think you might have even been coached by Alex Jensen at one point in your career. Is that – when you were in Canton, was Alex the head coach there? Honestly, maybe. I don't even. I was in camp for like three days, so oh, I couldn't even tell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I forgot that I was even there. <laughs> Honestly. You've had, you had an interesting run in the sense that in Georgetown, you you don't play more than 15 minutes a night till your senior year. Right. 
And and then you've now kind of established yourself as as an NBA guy, right. finding your spot. How has that road been for you? Uh, it's been a long one, you know. Um, but you know, it's worth having. It's been a long. Uh, Georgetown's a long road. Sat for three years, pretty much. Um, but after that fourth year, I think I came into my own, and you know, things started falling into place for me. And when I got out of school, it just you know, things just snowballed, and I had to start figuring things out. You played in Philadelphia during the process, as they called it. Yeah. What was that experience like? Um, you know, the guys played hard. You know, it was fun. Just not losing, obviously, but just being there and uh, the energy, practice every day. You know, guys weren't, you know, contrary to what people may believe, practices weren't, you know, lollygagging and guys weren't taking their time. Guys were going hard in practice. It was just things that were out of our control that, you know, we couldn't do anything about that would contribute to us losing. I was watching some of the open gym I think, I mean, I don't know your game perfectly, but it sure looked like I saw some different stuff that you've tried to do what a lot of big guys are doing, which is expand your range. What are the things you've been working on? Uh, that, um, expanding my range, getting in, more in tune with my body, being able to push my body through certain limits that I wasn't able to do before, um, defensively, offensively as well. And that's probably the biggest emphasis of my summer. You know, I was going to follow up with probably the same question about what is the strength of your game. If you say you were a late developer, you had to be, you know, uh, from the way you um, have get getting to this point. So what is the strength of your game? I think the strength of my game is knowing the game, uh, being able to play the game well, you know, to read situations, being under control, being calm. You know, aside from being able to put the ball in a basket, shoot the ball, I think the biggest the biggest part of my game is just understanding the game itself. Did someone put in your ear, okay, you expanding your game, expanding your range? Because I, I did see you shoot a few uh, three-point shots. Uh, that's something I've been I've been doing honestly my whole life is shooting, but being more comfortable shooting it, you know, different situations. Uh, that NBA three-point line is long, so you know it takes a while to get the footwork right, and uh, especially if you're not used to doing it. So I think now I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with it. Henry, best of luck to you. Nice to meet you, and uh, enjoy yourself here in Jazz Camp, and enjoy the preseason, and hopefully we'll see you for the whole season. Thank you, Henry Sims. Different than a traditional two day because, you know, we'll only have contact. On on in one one time a day. And that'll be the evening. Yeah. Yes. That'll be the well. It varies. The first tomorrow it'll be in the morning. Okay. And we just really try to, you know, I have practice plan laid out for the first three practices, but mm-hmm. we'll adjust that as as you know we look at our team and see where we are and, um, you know we we're going to scrimmage this year and quickly, mm-hmm. so that affects a little bit of what you do. You want to get an out of bounds play in things like yeah. that. So. Kind of help having the, as much experience as you do. Yes, I think mm-hmm. you've got guys that, that they've been through a lot of different types of training camps, and um, you know ours every year is a little different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think we're very aware of. Um, I won't say, you know, we want everybody to work, but we want to work smart and um, you know keep our guys rested and avoid injury. And it's not like the old days where guys came into camp out of shape. Mm-hmm. You expect guys to come into camp. In shape, so that means like the two days yeah. for two weeks that we used to go through. Now it's been cut short, but most of your workouts are time based. I mean, you want yeah, I mean, everything. Everything's ran on time. Yeah, we, we're very meticulous about whether it's you know three minutes and thirty seconds, or mm-hmm. you've been practicing. You yeah. know, I'm a. I think it's a it's a matter of credibility sometimes with the players too. When yeah. something's going to be ten minutes, you want it to be ten minutes, and mm-hmm. I don't always get that done. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we know that. Yeah, exactly, but. <laughs> I think it, it helps from a planning standpoint. 
and uh, hopefully we're thorough and we got our team ready and prepared, and that's a gradual process. But it helps that you we're not spending a ton of time conditioning. Okay, so you got 20 guys in the camp. That kind of sets you back maybe or – you know, yeah, as far it, as your workouts are concerned or, yeah, or what you want to get just done? just the numbers and yes, things. Yeah. Uh, it can work both ways. Mm-hmm. I think from a fatigue standpoint, sometimes it helps to have extra players. If the players that we had weren't the type of people and players they are, mm-hmm. it would be it could be a negative. But we've got guys that, first of all, they're young. Um, it'll be a learning experience for them. They may not get the same reps at the same times as, as some of the older guys. Um that said, you know, Joel Ballenboy may be playing more live scrimmages mm-hmm. than Boris Dio just because mm-hmm. Boris was in the Olympics this summer, and um, he's a little older than Joel. So all those things factor into it. So I've asked David this, and I asked Dennis Lindsley, Lindsley about this being uh, a luxury for you with the type of players you have uh, now. So you're going to be experimenting probably a little bit more in training camp or than ever? Yeah. Maybe. No, I think, I think the versatility that we can – have within within the team mm-hmm. not just in an individual player you know you obviously you can kind of look to joe johnson and say he's been you know played in multiple positions george hill has played you know mm-hmm. played off the ball played point guard so those are things i think that we're going to have to see nobody's going to you know win a job or win minutes in one day um, it's about consistency and and it's about combinations yeah. you know it, it it may look like you know, somebody's, you know, scoring the ball or making a shot, and, and that's great. Um, but we may need someone to guard the ball, you know. So whatever that case is, and, um, you know, those lineups and those combinations I think are important. Yeah, is it three players you've had experience with before Utah, George Hill? Um, yeah, less with Dion. Joe, but, but Boris, um, George is the one that I'm the most familiar with mm-hmm. his rookie year. Um, I assisted Mike Budenholzer, um, who's in Atlanta now, okay. and on the summer league team. So got to see George then and seen him develop. And the other guys, a lot of uh, mutual connections and friends. And, and uh, But you get to know, you know, the, these are quality people and good guys to go with what we have, which are, you know, quality people and good guys. Well, George did bring that up. And so what have you seen in his development since when you saw him earlier. Yeah, I think, you know, just a steady progression. You, you mm-hmm. see him begin to excel at the things that he was drafted to do, whether it be, you know, his length and defensive ability on the ball or his ability to shoot the ball. And I think he's, you know, the leadership component has grown and grown as he's gotten older and been in, you know, when he was originally, you know, a rookie in San Antonio, uh, you had other guys on the team that were doing that. And, you know, he was coming off the bench and doing that mm-hmm. type of thing. And then you get to Indiana, and, you know, he's growing along with that team. And eventually, you know, that's the, he's the leader of that team. So um, you see those qualities begin to develop um, over the course of his career. Got any questions for David? You know, they always come to me later. And I just <laughs> text him like 3 in the morning because I know I'll be up. <laughs> Joe Johnson did say that you held a conversation. When I asked him why Utah, his answer was I had a quest- conversation with Quinn. What was that conversation, and, and how did you get Joe Johnson to kind of buy into the idea of coming to Utah? He didn't tell you? I'm not telling you either. Oh, that was good. Uh, no, it was it, – he <laughs> – well, more than anything, you just get a feel, I think, for someone. And it's, it's harder to do, you know, over the phone. Um, but I think there's – you know, there's some people that I'm very close with that, that he knows and respect him. And, you know, hopefully I'd, I'd like to think that, 
you know, he's, it's not just hearing good things about people. It's hearing things that are substantive about people, you know, and, um, the way that Joe's conducted himself, um, and the way that he's, you know, pursued his craft, his professionalism was something I really felt like, um, would be a, a big addition to our team on top of what he does from a skill standpoint. But we were, you know, told him this is a guy who started every game since 2004, 2005. I mean, it's, and he's coming to a, a situation where he wants to play, of course. I think he sees an opportunity. I, personally, I think he's in a place where he can lead some of these young guys, and I think he, I think that's interesting and exciting to him, too, at this point in his career. And, you know, he sees an opportunity to have an impact in a different way than he had an impact, you know, in 2006. So, I mean, it's 979 straight games he's played and started. I think so. Do you have yeah. any concern if about that with him? No. No, I think... Um, well, what you, about I mean, if, if for some reason if he I mean who knows if he starts or not right you don't oh, know I yet you meant just no like no I mean like the fact that no. he's if you ask him to come well, off the bench he hasn't that, done it and that should answer the question right there that I thought you were referring okay. to his his endurance which um, you know we need that and I think you know it, part of this is is everybody on our team um, on an individual level is not going to always get exactly what they want. And that's, you know, so to the extent um, I'm having to make some of those decisions. Players make some of them themselves by how they play. Um, but there's sometimes it's going to be unclear. And you're going to make a decision that, you know, you may lose with a certain lineup, you know, a certain. But it may have been that you, you may have lost by more with the different one. Or you, who, who knows, you know, in hindsight. There's no question. I'll, you know, I'll think about that as much as anybody. And that's okay. It's not second-guessing yourself. That's trying to get better and think about what you can do to, to improve. But, you know, I think Joe's, you know, big-picture guy. And, you know, he's in a place that whether he starts or not, I think he's valued um, certainly by me and obviously by the organization as too. And he knows that. He feels that. And I think that's what he felt, you know, when we first talked. Is there is Dante just clear to go? Is there any plan on cautionary stuff with him? Where are you with Dante? No, I mean I, he's he's been playing playing hard and um, really as much as anything you listen to Dante and you know from a medical standpoint you know as as you know we've been smart about not having him try to do things that that he's not ready to do and um, I think he's excited to start playing. You'll like this story, and we'll leave you with this. I, th- I actually think it's the takeaway of the whole day. Okay. So Shelvin Mack and Jeff Withy are waiting to do this interview. So they start to play rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to go next. And Dante walks in and sits down and says, while you're doing that, I'll do the interview. <laughs> I guess that's a savvy. He's, he's, maybe he's a little more of a veteran than we thought. Well, he wasn't doing that, you know, he wasn't doing that two years oh, ago. There's no way. Yeah. Maybe rock, paper, scissors was the wrong game. <laughs> well, because Jeff, Jeff, they couldn't figure out how to play it the same way. They <laughs> should have flipped a coin. <laughs> Coach, have a good time with this team. Look forward to another year. We'll see you tomorrow morning. You dressed up for us or what? Just for you, bro. Oh, okay. Can you ask me the questions? Okay. I'll you do gotta, that. you got to be tired of listening to a lot. Uh, so he was thinking you were tired of listening to him. Do your jobs ever get fatigued? No, I mean, if you no. train hard enough and you're in shape, well, right. What do you do? Do you go in front of the mirror and you so know? this really, really intelligent guy? <laughs> so this really, really intelligent guy told me that if you are not in the physical 
um, capabilities above the league average, you, you cannot be, use your you, skills. You have to have the, tell you that. So right. I, he had great strength. And if you do not have strength for your position, by definition, you're not going to be consistent. And your, your strength of mouth is second to none, <laughs> so it's why you're very uh, loquacious consistently. How about that? That's good. So uh, you're saying he training. carries every conversation. Yeah. I mean. Boy, well, Booner, I'd love for you to <laughs> jump on in. He, he tires me out just listening That's to it. All right, let's talk about this basketball yes, team. You, you, you had a, a, a string of guys there with Favors, Hayward, uh, Dante. I mean, you had guys there that were, that were very good but needed help. When you started looking at what was available, I mean, can you give us – and I haven't heard this. Maybe some of the other guys, maybe the other talk shows. When you started looking at this and trying to put this team together, what was the process? So, Booner, we, we have a real simple uh, process. It's called SWOT analysis. So, strengths – weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so scouts, coaches, management, we all get together. And uh, everybody was quite consistent on what our strengths were, what our opportunities were, what our weaknesses are, uh, what our opportunities are, and where the threats lie. And so I think as much as anything, uh, this offseason we were very consistent across the board that we needed to add physicality. We needed to add skill. Now, skill and passing and shooting both. We needed to add experience. And, again, I don't think just in the playoffs, just out of the playoffs, would have changed the analysis much. And, again, I'm on record. I think it's an appropriate step given where Derek and Rudy and Gordon and Rodney are in particular uh, in their career, and, and so there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Will we have a few more ways to play the game now uh, and, and use our, our skill and versatility? Uh, will we be able to hopefully manage an 120-game season is, is the season uh, that teams have if they're the last team standing? And, and so you got to be able to manage uh, the season. Does that allow us to manage – a month better, a week better, a particular game or quarter better uh, as far as Gordon or Derek's load, if you will. So it, it meant a lot of different things uh, with the offseason that we had. It, it's not like we had the perfect offseason. We're not, we're not saying that. And really, proof's in the pudding. The, the group's got to come together in short order. They've got to take Quinn's lead, and we have a lot of work to do. You still have to win the basketball games, but you just touched on something I think is really important here is different ways to win the basketball game and you feel now you have the players where you can do that so i set it upstairs there could be a situation where we have a six to eight point lead uh, when gordon goes out of the game and now you could see alec burks and and joe johnson pushing that lead to 12 or 14 and we have a back-to-back the next night and gordon's able to sit and rest and even though Gordon may not be getting his numbers, I expect him to get up on the sideline and clap and, and, and be happy for the group. Uh, and, and so there's those situations. Certainly, Gordon has been one of the more active players in the league just as far as distance traveled. And has he worn down uh, late in the seasons because of it? Because of it? Uh, who, who's to know? But let's just say for argument's sake that that has been the case. Can Joe come in and give him a spell and, or give him a night off? And, 
and Joe uh, Ingles, uh, Alec Burks returning, Dante George or Shelvin's opportunity to play the play the two, but with the added depth, the added versatility becomes great responsibility that the players are going to need to be really unselfish towards the minutes, towards who starts, towards who closes, towards who has the ball. And if they're able to do that and follow Quinn's lead, I think uh, we'll be able to move the program forward. I asked David this uh, over the summer. Now, with the lineup that you put together, you consider this to be a luxury now for, for Quinn? I, I hope. I What Pop was able to do in San Antonio is he used his bench much like, at least in my opinion, and, and Pop and I have never talked about this, but just watching him from afar, he was able to use his bench and his depth and experience much like a baseball manager uses his bullpen. If this, hey, here's the left-handed junk ball. Closer. Pitcher. Yeah. If, if this, hey, here's the heat. Um, and so I think we're going to have many situations that call for if we're up and we need four stops in a row, you could see a big, big lineup closing in Derek and Rudy, and we're going to grind people, and we're going to go deep into possessions. If we're, if we're down eight with three minutes ago, we need to increase some possessions. You may see a smaller and, and more skilled lineup, and you know, Derek and Rudy obviously are going to have to give of themselves and their minutes in those particular situations. And, again, I think what it gets down to is trusting coach. Good stuff. Can I hit the two news items? <clears throat> what is your expectations of Dante Exum? My expectations are uh, one to reintegrate him into the team. Uh, the uh, he, he's healthy now, but maintaining that health. And then uh, what what we fail to realize because we've we've lost a year. We were able to accomplish a few things, but we just weren't able to show them on the court is is that we have to develop Dante. We're not going to know who Dante is until he's 28, 29 years old. It's amazing just watching George Hill today uh, versus the player that, that we traded in San Antonio at 23, 24 years old. He's a much better, more complete, composed player. And, the credit obviously starts in San Antonio, but goes to Indiana. That uh, not only has he been able to maintain certain things as a player, but improve upon. So you you just start imagining in your head, or at least I do, because I have the context of both in this situation, what Dante could look like in five or six years. And, and we need to be mindful and true to that. And we've used. I know it's. It's become trite, but we didn't want to skip steps uh, with the team, and I don't think we have. I think we've been very patient with the team, and we certainly don't want to uh, skip steps with Dante because his arc of improvement could be the last finishing touches on what our team looks like you know, three or four years from now. Uh, you are about a month away from the deadline for an extension for Rudy Gobert. What's the approach for that? The approach is absolutely no comment on that issue. Uh, <laughs> we... Uh, we're quite proud of Rudy and where he's become, and uh, we look forward to getting a deal now or later, but we expect Rudy's going to be here for a long time. And I guess the other one is you have cap room to play around with some potential other extensions and a very complicated salary cap thing that just trust me, people. What is your – how do you look in toward that cap space as something that is best used possibly for one of those extensions or, or something that's better to be used as an asset for flexibility? 
Boner, didn't I mention that I would rather have you? Okay, this, I do uh, have a question interview. for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing the work part of this. He's doing so, the fun part. <laughs> again, no comment. Uh, we we have built-in flexibility. We, we had flexibility, great flexibility three years ago. That was strategic. Now we've moved to good, pretty good flexibility. Uh, a lot of what we are now doing and going forward over the next couple of years will be more about player retention than it will be additions. Let me ask one final question where far as player development is concerned. The staff has really grown, and, and obviously most players have their own individual workouts, things yes. that they like to do. So you, you get to the point where you assign one player, say this is your guy, right. let's get him ready. So it's interesting that you notice, Booner, and I actually appreciate it, you know, you being such a long-time uh, player and successful player and what the off-seasons mean. And it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different players. And we're very boutique-ish here. Like, everybody does their hair hair, hair different, <laughs> right? You know, Lark, you know, you, I. Uh, and, and so it's the same thing with the players. If, if we just rubber-stamped and put them in a layup line, as you know, players vote with their feet. They vote with their feet every offseason. If they believe in what you're doing, if they believe in your facility, if they believe in your technology, if they believe in your personnel, if they believe that the coach will have appropriate balance, that your OTAs, by rules, don't turn into training camp periods and, and get so overbearing that you chase them away. So what we tried to do is just provide a nice, safe, progressive environment where they can improve their bodies, improve their minds, improve their skills and again we've worked really hard it really the credit goes to the millers the coaches and the players the millers have invested uh the coaches have have put in the sweat equity to get the players back and then the players have recognized it to their credit so we have had players here all off season on a continuous basis and we hope that continues to be a big theme for us because look we're going to have to draft and develop in this market. It's going to be a core tenet of who we are and, and probably who the Jazz are going to be 100 years from now. That's that's how they have to team build. And it's how they built uh, the John and Carl era, which is easily by far the best era in, in Jazz history. And so we want to double down and triple down on all those efforts. And I appreciate you noticing, though. Yeah, I have noticed that because... Not too often players stay here in town. You have the credit to what you guys are well, doing. The first, here. the first here's two the players. Thing, here's the other thing, and this is very important, and I hope you guys echo this message. Is there a better place to live in the spring, summer, and fall? I mean, there's not a more beautiful market. We're in high desert. We have no humidity. Uh, even in the summer, the, the sun goes down over the western mountains and and it's 74 degrees out and no humidity i mean it's god's country and so part of this is strategic like like we've told gordon several times hey the off season's nice here international airport so you can get every anywhere you want you know within a a few hours of salt lake And, and, and so this you know we've had events we've had concerts at vivid smart home arena and, and we've had a summer league now where all of our guys like to get back and, and support the young guys. So really in every effort, it's not only to, to honor the practice gym and the preparation, but it's also to make sure our players fully realize what they have here. I, I, you know, I know we're small market, but I think we have one of the best markets in the country.
All right, if you're going to give me a hard time, i got one last question for you. I'm going to give you a hard time if you okay. have another question. So. Okay. Did you see the tree? Did I see the tree? I did not see the tree. So <laughs> it was trade deadline. It was trade deadline. We had a big storm. Trade deadline happened. Becky Lindsay, Dennis's wife, tweets out a picture of a tree down over their garage saying, my husband must be focused on his job because he just <laughs> left the house and didn't see this tree. And so I would like to know the truth. So Did me, you see the tree? And just you saw the tree and kept let going. Let, let, let me set saying? the record straight. So there's actually two answers to this question. And, and just, just to set the record straight, I left – Jazz fans will be happy to know I left my garage at 5 in the morning, so it was dark outside. So the tree was leaning over a spot that if I probably would have went four or five more feet, I would have backed into it and heard, you know, the collision. But when I, the way I back out, I was blind, and there's no reason for me to look out the back of my window I, of the car. I, I, you know, I back out, and then I go out forward out of the driveway. Now, to be completely transparent, my wife, like right in the middle of my busiest day of the year, sent me a text, and it was a very small text, and my eyesight is going on me a little bit, and it's, I see a tree, a shadow, the garage, and there was no text message behind it, so I was like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do with this, and then it, it, as soon as Twitter blew up and it blew up on ESPN, I was able to take a double take and it's like, oh, there's a tree leaning on our house. So, uh, and, so wait a minute. But now. Now, there, now, if you there, want to criticize there, there's, me, there's, no, there's a backup camera in your wait, car. Wait, wait. I know there's a backup <laughs> camera right there in your yeah, car. But it's dark. <laughs> it's dark. So here, here, here's the thing that I would say to it. If you want to criticize me for not getting my Paul Bunyan on and getting my axe out, you know, or getting my chainsaw and doing that deal, you're, you're well within your rights. I'm not the most You know, that was pretty smart. He keeps world. going. That way he doesn't have to chop up the tree. That That's means his exactly wife right. has to call Paul Bunyan to come and I, so she can get I out. I had a job you know. to do. Okay, I, I got had you. a job to Smart do. man. Yeah. So thanks for asking. There was no criticism on my part at all. No matter what your answer was, I was probably going to back you. Yeah, well, as you as – you, you're probably not worthy at home in fixing things. I know I'm not. I know I'm not. So, so that my wife knew that she married the wrong guy if it was going to be a Mr. Fixer Up or a Mr. Helper. Leave the phrase in my house is, thank goodness you make a living because you're not helpful around here. Amen to that. Hi, you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10. Select styles only.